0: Yo! Hello and welcome to the Motown Philly Podcast, episode 1515. Today, we are talking about the subject of food and communication. Food and communication. I am Tim Golden here with my co host, the Honorable. What am I saying? <laughs> Jason Hall. What up, though? Yes, the what up, though, is that wonderful Detroit colloquialism. In case you haven't realized it, Jason is the Motown in Motown, Philly. And I, Tim Golden, am the Philly in Motown, Philly from none other than that wonderful city of brotherly Brotherly love love and sisterly affection. And here we go, Jason. Episode 15, I I can't help but just think Mm -hmm. how awesome it is to be 15 episodes in, Jason, and I'm so grateful. This is a season of Thanksgiving, and we are going to be talking about food because later on this week, everybody is going to be sitting down to large amounts of food and having conversations some of them may be much needed conversations long overdue conversations Mm -hmm. some of them may be difficult conversations but somehow or another when we share emotionally it makes it easier to do that because we're sharing physically and food seems to meet that need but before we get too far Mm -hmm. into it let me just say in the spirit of thanksgiving jason how grateful i am for our listeners we are so thankful here at motown philly that you all tune in and make us part of your day we're thankful for your listening for your downloading we want to encourage you to keep downloading we want this podcast to grow right now we're at an average of about 42 downloads a week we have a goal here, at Motown Philly, to getting that up over 500 downloads a week. Yes. If you really want this podcast to grow. So we just want to, again, thank those of you that have subscribed, that are downloading, that are sharing with your family and friends. We could not do this without you. And Jason, I know you're brimming with gratitude, too. So why don't yes. you go ahead and let our listeners know how much you appreciate them? Tim, I'm just grateful in the, in the sense that
1: what we are doing, we're I'm seeing us build this podcast or grow this podcast, and it gives me some excitement. It, it even inspires me to to want to continue to grow in other areas, but to see the grassroots of how this started and to know that we're putting in energy and effort and people. Are reaching out to us and saying how how our podcast episodes are doing and how they're making impressions or if they're good or or otherwise. But we've we've mostly and I would say got positive reviews and 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 it's just it's exciting to me. It's exciting what we're doing. This episode is exciting to me. Uh, of course, I'm um, I have a spirit of gratitude for anybody who chooses to spend time. I mean, when you think about forty. 40 49 downloads a week in the in the the great ocean of podcasts there's so many things to to particularly choose and we we're having about 50 people like look us up and and make us a part part of their week in some form or fashion and here's the kicker Tim or or chick it's this is not it's not like they're listening to us for like maybe, you know, our average song song lasts for like three and a half minutes or so. They're sitting down listening to us and having us, our voices hit the airwaves in their spaces for an upwards of, you know, 50 minutes to an hour. And they're listening to our, and that's, we're holding the attention and we're getting interaction and We're resonating in in homes that we've never been in before. And that's amazing. And yes, 500,000 is the goal. And then 500,000 after that, huh?
0: That's right. That's right. We're going to, we're going to aim for aim for the highest star. And and if we land on the moon or if we land on Mars or Jupiter or Neptune, that's all right too. So again, we just want to thank you all for listening, Mm -hmm. for tuning in and for downloading again, we want to get our average weekly downloads up over 500. Right now, we're in the 40s, and we're hoping that we make progress. Slow and steady, we'll win this race. This is mm-hmm. not a sprint. This is a marathon, and I can tell you right now that Jason and I will be up for the challenge. Mm-hmm. So we want to take you along with us, and we're we're thankful. So thanks to everyone for listening. Well... I want to make one other programming note last week at the end of last week's episode, I said that we would be doing social media and communication, but after a conversation, Jason and I had Mm -hmm. after our recording last week, we decided that we would be remiss if we left out the pivotal role that food plays in communication, especially since this is the week of Thanksgiving. So, yeah. That said, we'll pick up with social media next week, and this week we are talking about food and communication. Food and communication, Jason. Wow, what a subject. You know, this week yeah. on Thursday, Thanksgiving, everybody is going to be sitting around and enjoying food, and it's it's the holiday season generally when it isn't just Thanksgiving and Christmas, but it seems that for the next six to eight weeks or, uh, or thereabouts, six weeks or so around this time of year, people will gather together and the thing that attracts us together in social events is food. Mm-hmm. And I th- when I think about food, Jason, I think about how food speaks to two of our deepest human needs. Talk about it. One, (laughs) food speaks to our need for sustenance, Mm -hmm. for nutrition. Mm -hmm. In other words, everybody has to eat. Everybody. Everybody has to eat. I think I'm hungry right now. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody has to eat. And number two, we have a deep need for social interaction. Mm -hmm. And when we eat food together in community with one another, we fulfill not only our perhaps our most basic physical need for nutrition, right? But we also fulfill this social need for interaction, which in turn is deeply connected to an emotional need of belonging. And these are all subjects that we've been talking about here at Motown Philly. Now, what I think, and I I said this to myself over the weekend, and I think I said it to you, too. Jason, food is a gateway to intimacy. Mm -hmm. And it's a gateway to intimacy because it is an equalizer in that it speaks to the deepest human need, physical need, and emotional need. So that when we sit down to eat a meal, not only are we satisfied. Physically, we are satisfied socially and we are satisfied emotionally. And I think that the power of food is that it robs us of our pretense and our inhibitions. It forces us to relax. The great opera singer Luciano Pavarotti once said, and I'm I'm paraphrasing, he once said that the, one of the life's greatest joys is that every day at a certain time, we must stop whatever we are doing and eat. Sure. <laughs> and for those of you that have ever been hungry and shared a meal with a friend, one of the things that I think you can say about that experience is that the food brings the two of you to the table. Mm -hmm. It brings you to the table because the food is speaking to your most basic physical need and at the same time, it's also speaking to your social and emotional need. I think that I know I have some experiences with food that I would like to share with you, but Jason, can you can you talk a little bit about this power of food and and do you have an experience that you would like to share with our listeners?
1: I do, and I think we'll take turns. Let me see if I can break down what food and communication uh, means to me. When I think about food, timothy golden like it makes me smile you can if you don't i mean tim can see me but you guys you can't really see me but hopefully you're hearing the smile in my in my voice as i'm articulating to you about what food is to me food is not only as tim described a very basic need to who we are as human beings food to me goes a step goes even a step farther in my explanation of it as something that gives me a distinct discerning pleasure and that pleasure makes me excited timothy golden (laughs) like i'm (laughs) holding back some passion right now like it gets me excited and if I'm around some good people, family, some good friends, like it can even start because it is it, it becomes infectious. At least for me, Tim, when you really think about it, like you and I met over food. Like food was the catalyst that brought us together, and that's what food does, and and it sparks a a, it can spark a lifelong relationship. Tim, you and I have been friends for close to almost 20 years. It's over 15 years.
0: That's right. That's right. Go, and, going on going 15, going on 16. Okay.
1: And so
0: when I think about food and the excitement that I get
1: from the pleasures, because I'm, I would call myself a foodie, meaning that my, I am not, um, prudish, if you will, as I'm choosing or selective what I eat. I am open. That's kind of how I I walk. I am open to trying very many types of food. However, because I have tried many types of food, I know what I believe to my palate and maybe to most others, what is quality food. So I enjoy quality food, Timothy Golden. And when I get a chance and or an opportunity to partake of this food, I get excited just thinking about it and the salivary glands start to work. I am, a, as you well know, and you guys who have been listening and maybe our new listeners, I am a speech-language pathologist. People don't know everything about what speech-language pathologists do, but one of the things that we do is we focus on the swallowing aspect of what we eat and drink. And a lot of times as you go throughout your age and you end up in a place, maybe a hospital to where you're having to deal with your swallowing because liquids and foods are not going the right way, you have to now come to grips of of your relationship with food. Here's an example that I want to I want to I want to make I want to make obvious. That's not always as obvious. When you get to the hospital, you have a choice a lot of times because sometimes when you're ill, you do not want to eat. And what has been for all of our life a pleasurable act of doing, we now have to transition and it can be hard. To, to transition to a mindset like even though I don't want to eat, I need to eat. Food can become therapy to you, even when it doesn't taste good. You know that you need to eat it because it helps to it helps to restore and to replenish and to revitalize and give energy and strength. Food is food is everything, bro. But most of our lives, we go through we go that we go through throughout these years that we have on this earth food should be a pleasurable act
0: and there's other things that go with that i'll just leave it there wow that's powerful jason i I like what you said when you connected a desire to not eat to a state of physical disease Mm -hmm. it is it is there is something dysfunctional if one does not want to eat or if eating is unpleasant, something has gone wrong, which tells you that the normal course of events is that food is a necessity. Do you have any recent memories with food, Jason, that you want to share with us? Listen, um, I recently, recently spent time in New Orleans, Louisiana. Oh, lord, have mercy. New Orleans. Now, New Orleans. now, let me just say, can I just I just want to interrupt you real quick. Partner. Go for it. Go for it. It, it, it. There is no other place in the world that is synonymous with food quite like New Orleans. Go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. Listen, let me add a
1: little bit more. Food and music as my my cousin Maurice Hall he, he was so eloquently expressed that there is no place. He said one of the Foo Fighters who visits multiple cities or at multiple times all over the world, he, he one of the famous Foo Fighters, I forget which one the name of it, but he coined um, he coined New Orleans as probably one of the best food and musical cities in the world. I mean, and I had a chance to experience both of them. In an amazing way but needless to say my family is from the area of new orleans baton rouge area and i had a chance to go there for a conference professional conference for speech language pathologists and had a time to visit with family as well so when i think about louisiana like it is often synonymous with just good home cooking we t- we're talking about the creole we're talking about the ed- the etouffee we're talking about they have good rice and, and gumbo shrimp and all these things that that just bring the palate to a to a tizzy and a <laughs> and you the, the savoriness of it is is like no other city. I mean, it's 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 like they they put music in the food, and, and the food is dancing, Tim. And it's 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 a great experience. And then you have friends, good friends, and you have your family that you get to connect with. One of the things that on my last day there, my my aunt Kitty, she asked, uh, she said, Jason. Do you do you want some crawfish? And I said, I said sure. Why? And she said, I'll I'll make it for you. And along with that, she, she made me some sweet potato empanadas. She's <laughs> oh amazing. She made some pecan candy. Oh, <laughs> like I didn't know this stuff. She, she just told me she was gonna prepare me a little meal, and then I showed up and was I had the I had the meal rice i had vegetables vegetables some peas and some carrots and her and my my aunt prepared that uh, warmed it up for me and Aunt kata may and boy i just i felt i had two helpings and i I had to get on the road and i wanted three and i just it was just the connection that i got through eating and spending time tim i can't forget i won't forget and it just made me want to stay there. It made me know I was home, even though like Louisiana isn't my, isn't where I was born, but it's where my father was born and his, his brothers and sisters. And I often went there and that that's the closest home I can get when I, when I can go visit and eat. Oh, my family loves me and I love them, bro. It was, it was just great.
0: Wow. Jason, now I'm sitting here. My microphone is just about Covered in drool. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to give too much information to our listeners. It's I'm just right. having a. I'm just. I'm just having a little fun here. But you <laughs> talked about the activation of the salivary glands, and I'm sitting here looking at my kitchen, thinking, "Mercy, what am I about to get up in there and cook when we finish this episode?" At too, but but I I like what you said. Because it's true that food established a connection Mm. between you and your family. Now, you and your family are always connected by blood, but now you are connected by sustenance. Or what I should say is the physical meal helps to fortify. The depth of your emotional, psychological and social connection, not just to your family, Jason, but to yourself, to your identity, the time that you spent to listen to you describe the time that you spent with your family. It's a reminder that sometimes in our daily activities, we forget that we didn't just show up here on earth that we come from somewhere right and that the place from which we come is a place that is full of people who love and care for us and that who you are as a person Mm -hmm. is reaffirmed when you share time and space and sustenance with people who love and care for you that is a powerful testimony to the joy of food and what it does to foster communication. Mm-hmm. When, when we are physically satisfied,
1: yeah. we
0: can settle in to take in the environment around us, mm-hmm. and it becomes much easier to, to communicate And to build connection and to have community with others when sharing a meal. And for me as a kid growing up in the 1970s in Philadelphia, a kid who had for about the first eight or nine years of his life, a severe speech impediment where I stuttered and spoke with a lisp. Fortunately, my mother rest her soul sent me to a licensed speech pathologist not unlike you jason and this this (laughs) licensed speech pathologist worked with me for about three years from ages six to nine and i was able to eliminate my lisp and my stuttering and lo and behold Thanksgiving came, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just Thanksgiving in my house, Jason. When I think of my house, I think uh, growing up, I think of the movie Soul Food from about twenty five years ago, mm-hmm. and so that's the movie with Babyface and Vanessa Williams, uh, uh, a young Neil Long, a young Vivica Fox, and a number of others in that film. And in in my household, I mentioned the part about the speech impediment. Because once I didn't stutter anymore, boy, was I ready to talk. And I was ready to talk about any and everything. And I really wanted to get my opinions out there. And the place where opinions became prominent in conversation was Sunday dinner at the Golden Home. My older brother, my sisters would come over. We would all sit there. My mother would cook. A delicious meal. My brother's children would be there, little my little nieces at the time, and we would sit there at the table, and the food induced communication at a high level. Mm -hmm. Almost every conversation we had was a conversation not just about trivial matters, but we talked about politics. We talked about Uh, we talked about race, we talked about social issues, we talked about all sorts of things that affected everyday life. We did talk about sports on occasion, and those topics, though, didn't have the longevity at the table that politics had. Politics and social issues and issues of life would all come up at the table and once i was able to talk and get my opinion across i think it was then that i realized maybe i should be a lawyer because nobody wanted to you know, I when i say nobody wanted to listen i don't mean that in a mean way but of course i'm the youngest of seven children and mm. you know when a nine-year-old boy opens his mouth and start talking they just say oh bless his heart that's the baby the baby just talking his thing, go ahead, baby, stay what you're going to say, you know, but, but it was, it was important because food became the impetus, not only to reaffirm the bonds of family, but also to help me begin to work out for myself an identity, some sense of mission for my life, some sense of who I might be. And I learned in those conversations at the dinner table from listening when I had a hard time talking uh, before I overcame my speech impediment, all the way up until my the middle of my teen years when I began to think to myself that based on those conversations, I realized that I had a real affinity for talking, for speech, and for defending mm-hmm. a view that others may have found objectionable and I would have I would not have attained any of that knowledge were it not for food and the way it brought my family together so love that food is a it's a powerful thing jason and by the way the food was just outstanding my mother oh my goodness what a cook What a cook. So that's what food can do for us. Now, you know, Jason, food, Mm -hmm. as good as it is, it's not a panacea. It's not a Mm cure-all. It doesn't solve all the problems. And sometimes, if we're not careful, food can be a catalyst food can be exploited and misused for devious and deceptive purposes how so how so talk to us about that well i think i think sometimes because it does appeal to a deep human need a basic human need for nutrition and sustenance i think when people want to lower your defenses, there's no better way to do it
1: than to do it over a meal. Like a little manipulation is what I'm hearing you say.
0: It can be. It can be used that way. So, in, so. in some sense, food. <laughs> food let me food. raise my hand. Let me raise my hand, Tim. Okay. All right. Uh, let me just say this. In some sense, food is food is sort of like a hammer you you ever see a hammer the hammer has two sides it has the mallet and it has the claw the mallet you use to build and the claw you used to bang you use the mallet side to bang nails mm-hmm. to construct something and you use the claw side to take nails out or dismantle something mm-hmm. and food it food can have this dual purpose, so so we ought not be deceived by food, but we do need to acknowledge its power. So, it, again, it's almost like a hammer which has a dual purpose, or a brick you could take a brick and throw it through a window and destroy something, or you could take the brick and connect it to other bricks and build something. So, I think that food can be a two-edged sword i know you're chomping at the bit jason so tell us tell us your thoughts on this i was raising my
1: hand not to not to get my words in oh okay i was raising my hand when when feeling uh some i don't know if it's self-judgment but just acknowledging the fact that i i can easily or have been manipulated (laughs) by food because i'm a sucker for good food so if someone's trying to or have tried to whether unbeknownst to myself i could have walked down some dark alley proverbially speaking and Mm -hmm. because the food led me there is what i was uh, what i was going to say Mm -hmm. but I i believe you're right i believe when it when you think about this universe that there is darkness and there is light there is summer and there is winter, there's a the time to grow, and there's a the time that things start to die. Uh, there, when it comes to food, like it could be used for, for things that are positive, that are inspirational, that are fun, loving, and joyous, and food um, and the things that you take in could also be used for something that can be very negative um, in its application, same thing with money. Money is a neutral substance, right? Uh, money is not inherently evil. We use it to make transactions, to to share, or, or to 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 bring things into our lives or other people's lives. But food is is a neutral construct as far as as far as bringing individuals together. That's why when we talk and you hear colloquialisms like. He, we put some love in this food. Like I made mm-hmm. this with some, and, and if you're really connected to that individual, or you really taking in what they're saying and how that food was prepared and how it tastes on your palate and the environment that is set in mm-hmm. like you, you really do feel the love of how that uh, meal was prepared. But as you were saying, there is another, there is an other side to, the intentionality of food. Um, And there could be a neutral side, I I believe, also to food when we think about Thanksgiving and people coming together and you have families coming together in the midst of that. Did you want to mention some things about that as well, Tim?
0: Well, no, I think you're you're spot on, Jason. So I think there's obviously a lot of good things to be said about what's going to happen this week, but you made a, a powerful point in the comparison of food to, to money in that both are neutral. Again, we think of the hammer and we think of the brick. It really depends in some ways on, on how you use it and what your intentions are. Mm-hmm. But whatever the case is, it, it, so, and, and sometimes, and let me say this, sometimes food can be, food can meet a need for social, food can meet hunger, food can meet the need for nutritional, for the, for the nutritional demands of human life. I'm sorry, had some trouble getting that out. Food can meet the nutritional demands of human life without necessarily meeting the social, emotional and psychological demands of Break life. Break that down.
1: Break that down. I'm thinking So maybe. so so
0: you can you can come together and eat with people. And you can be desperately lonely even as you eat with others. You can remain estranged even as you eat with others. You can be physically full, but socially, emotionally, and psychologically empty, which is why I've said food is not a panacea. You're not going to, food is not automatically going to meet your social emotional and psychological needs it will immediately meet your physical needs but because here at motown philly we're interested in the totality of the human person mm-hmm. it isn't just our physical needs that ought to be satisfied it is food speaking to our emotional psychological. And social needs, too. We see this sometimes, Jason, in certain communities. And I don't want people to think that we're picking on religion here on the Motown Philly podcast. But I think Jason and I have certain experiences that have borne this out. Mm -hmm. You You can eat with people. And food can be used. To reinforce unhealthy communication, connection, and community, inauthentic communication, connection, and community. Give us more, if, man. If, if you more. are if you are eating, if you are eating with others in a church setting where the principal aim is to connect with beliefs rather than people then you will be physically fed but emotionally psychologically and socially starved and you might not realize it you are connecting but your whole connection with these folks that food is trying to reinforce is not based on who you are as a person But instead is based on whether or not you adopt a certain set of beliefs. And that can be extremely, extremely unhealthy. Why? Because you may spend years in a church potluck community building what you think is an authentic community. And then when the chips are down and you realize that you connected with these people not based on who you were as a person, but instead on what was perceived to be a connection to a similar set of beliefs, and you become ostracized, now you start to see. I, I'm just going to be vulnerable. Here. I, 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 I'm,
1: I'm, I was going to ask. I was I'm going to say... open up. I'm going
0: to open up, and I'm going to be vulnerable for years, for years, 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 and years. I would say close to 20 years. <laughs> yes, I I spent a lot of time cooking and eating. With a lot of different people. And I'm not talking bad about every different person with whom I ate. I'm talking about the delusion I was under that food was actually connecting me to these people. Food, And I'm talking about church folk. Many of them good people. But people who are just perhaps... Some, and I'm not talking about anyone in particular, so anybody out there who knows me, I don't want you thinking, well, wait a minute, I ate plenty of potlucks with Tim. I hope Tim ain't talking about me. Tim ain't talking about none of y'all specifically. What I am talking about is how unhealthy it is to structure your social life around a set of beliefs rather than people as individuals accepting people as they are for who they are and where they are unconditionally. Yeah. 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 And that, and that does not happen. And I didn't discover that it didn't happen for me until, until my marriage fell apart. And as I'm going through a divorce, I'm thinking, and that now I am thinking of two people in particular who I thought were the closest people in the world to me who decided at a time when I needed them the most to drop me like a bad habit. And I thought of all the times I ate with them and all the times we broke bread together and all the... All the connections that I thought were so real and so mm. authentic mm. that literally collapsed beneath the weight of the reality that they had never known me, oh. that they had never connected with me Mm. in the least, that their connection to me was entirely superficial because in their eyes, it was not about me as a person. It was instead about my perceived commitment to a set of beliefs that once they realized I didn't, I didn't subscribe to them as perhaps as dogmatically as they did, mm-hmm. they decided to leave me by the wayside. So don't allow food to deceive you. The meals can be good. The fellowship may be good. The conversation may seem good. But in retrospect, Jason, here's what I realized. And I want folks who are listening to hear me well. Right. There's nothing wrong with church potlucks. There's nothing wrong with getting together with your friends. Just make sure that they are your friends and not glorified acquaintances. Mm -mm. I mean, I confided in some of these in in these two people who I'm thinking of. Right. Right. I I confided in these folks right right i had gone to war with these folks and thought that they would go to war with me Mm-mm. but that turned out not to be the case so so food for sure is is not a panacea but it is powerful mm-hmm. it in other words food was no less powerful because it was misinterpreted or misused as a way to build inauthentic communication connection and community mm-hmm. around a, a false notion of who I was as a person. Right. And so just, just be careful out there and just remember that. And, and then listen, I, I love to cook, and Jason will tell you this. I, yeah. I, I know my way well around the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking about what I'm going to have on Thursday. I'm going to make myself this year. I'm going to make myself some sweet potato, honey glazed cornbread. I'm going to make some of that, and I'm going to make me some some vegetarian turkey, and I'm going to have me some vegan macaroni and cheese. I'm doing the whole thing, and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to enjoy the fellowship with myself. And I love to cook. Yeah. And one of the things about food that's powerful is that cooking cooking is really an act of love because it is a transitional activity that bridges the gap between desire and satisfaction. You hungry? You want to eat? What you got to do? You got to cook. I remember I said to my father one time. I said, "Daddy, I'm hungry." He said, "Go in the kitchen, make yourself." So I said, "I don't feel like doing." it. He said, "Well, you ain't that hungry. Mm-hmm. If you're hungry, you go right. and so I, and cooking has become part of my identity, and and so food has sort of uh, entered its way into my life in that way, and. For years, I thought that the meals I cooked and that the food I shared with people, it, it just became painful for me to come to the realization that all of that time, all of that effort, all of that repetition was time, effort and repetition spent investing in something that was not real because nobody really cared. Uh, uh, at least these two folks in particular Did not really care About me But they cared more so About whether or not What they perceived me to believe Was consistent with the prevailing dogma Of the day No shade to any of the folks out there Who I haven't been to potluck with over the years Please don't take it the wrong way I'm just saying that we can misunderstand the power of food, and that food can be used in a perverse sort of way to feed us physically without feeding us socially, emotionally, and psychologically. No,
1: I I, I love that. It, I think you've mentioned, and I'm not sure if we'll bring it out here, but ways that we do things, and maybe we're doing them. St- so to speak in a, in a, in a space where we're not always aware, fully aware, like I I, I venture to say, we're not mindful or mindless. Of course we have our minds, but there is a certain framework. We're not, we're not functioning in cognitively in the midst of being (laughs) I'm beguiled, if you will, with food and what's going on in the environment, that immediate environment, and especially to what you said, you know, everyone is okay when we're all believing the same way. And, and food is on the table, filling our bellies and making us feel good. But when someone has a different opinion, or someone chooses to go another direction, or someone gets a divorce, or what have you it's like uh I, I guess to use a term or a metaphor food a, a fruit fruit basket ups, upset or a fruit salad upset it's, just, it's everything is is seemingly out of whack and it's almost like did you even see me before did you know that i was a person before i'm a human i have real life feelings And I have my own personal opinions based on my own personal experiences. And I just wish that you would see me. You know, and when food's always there, right, it can somehow lull us to sleep to not to overlook someone's true identity, someone's true feelings, someone's struggling with thoughts, emotions new thoughts and emotions and
0: ideas about the collective belief system, if you will. Mm -hmm. So you well said, Jason. I mean, that's what happened. That's exactly what happened to me when, when my divorce happened, some of the folks who I, again, I would have given my right arm for two of these folk in particular. And you would have thought that I had just said something bad about their mom. That I had talked bad about their mother, that I had, that I had run the dozens on their moms. Mm-hmm. Like like we did last, like we did a couple weeks ago when we talked about politics and communication. So I just, but that's I don't want that to overshadow the joy of what food is capable of doing. There we go. I, I what I want us to what I want to emphasize now, Jason, is that this week as people gather to share Thanksgiving dinner, I want all of our listeners to be acutely aware that when you sit down to eat a meal with your family, you are reaffirming your identity. You are recognizing your place in the world. You are acknowledging that you are someone who comes from somewhere and that who you are is as important as anything else that you will do. Imagine if there was no place in the world where anyone knew who you were. You know, Jason, I'm thinking of the old 80s sitcom Cheers from NBC. And and the song, they had a little theme song. It says making making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Mm. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Yep. You like to get away. I'm sorry, I don't want to sing. No, 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 no. And, and the chorus says, you gotta get go up where everybody knows your, your name. name. Bang, 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 boom, bang. Boom. And they're always glad you came. Yeah, yeah. you want to be in that spot, man. You want to be where you can see the troubles are all the same. Mm -hmm. You want to go where everybody Everybody knows knows your name. And I am so thankful in this season of Thanksgiving that all of our listeners, so many of our listeners will have a place to go where everybody knows who you are. Mm -hmm. And everybody can reaffirm who you are and you get to do the same for other people. It is, it is a moment of social interaction and blessed reciprocity where people are drawing strength from one another. People are drawing a sense of identity from one another and where people are able to, live in spaces that are warm and vibrant and exciting and that we can leave those gatherings prepared to reproduce in the lives of others what what we have just experienced with our own families i that's that's my mission in life jason I, a colleague of mine at work asked me recently, Tim, what keeps you going? You seem so busy. You do this. You do that. You're writing. You're speaking. You're doing acting. You're doing all these different things. What keeps you going? And, you know, Jason, the one, things that, one thing that keeps me going is that I I really believe that part of my purpose is to reproduce in the lives of others the love that my family has given to me. Mhm. If I can do that, I think I will have lived a good life. Yeah. Definitely. And and, and I I don't know about you, but that's one of the things that get, gets me going every day. How how about you, Jason? I mean, I feel the
1: same way, like in this time of year when you have an opportunity um through the impetus of food being in the center uh and have the chance to be around Really good people. And sometimes those people don't necessarily have to be blood family. They could be individuals that God has placed in your life that are like family and sometimes maybe even closer than family. Like, even if, and it doesn't have to be a a house full of individuals. And you can spend time, whether it's two or three, and you make a meal and just really lean into the togetherness moment and some really good food. It doesn't have to be a Turkey. Like I'm craving bit brisket this, this, this year. I mean, I'm just craving brisket. Like, yeah, I know the Turkey, the tradition kind of non-traditional these, these days. So uh, being with individuals that are good humans, family, Or friends, and lean into that connection and just be grateful. Be grateful for the food that sits before you. Be grateful for the human bodies that heat up the room around you. Be grateful for the conversation that you can have, whether it centers around football or whether it centers around what's going on in the world today. But just know that the person who you're talking to and who you're addressing is a real human being. And they have worries, they have fears, they have things that they're thankful for, they have dreams and goals and opportunities to, 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 to attain and to take advantage of as best as possible. And at the end of the day, they, they, they cry, they laugh, they bleed, they sweat, and they have these emotions that you can connect to and you can support them in any way possible whether these people are older than you or younger than you you can just do your best in these days with a good plate of food around you to encourage somebody to inspire somebody and even if it's just you even if it's just you maybe having the thought to to thought that because we might be more mobile than someone else to so maybe go visit somebody else and bring them some love and bring them some cheer and bring them some food and sit with them And I believe in doing acts like that, we bring um, just a manifold uh, blessing and like inspiration, encouragement back to our own lives because we're able to acknowledge that we don't necessarily have to sit alone because I'm sure there's there's other people that might be sitting alone and we can go across the street or go across town to spend time with someone else in in Sometimes and sometimes uh, more lonely times than others. So that's my thought on that.
0: I love that, Jason. That is so that is so well said. Every every person that we reach out to during this holiday season. And by the way, don't just do it on on Thursday. One of the things I love about our listeners, Jason, is that. They are, they are. I just love the humanity of our listeners. Yeah. I, I love the thoroughgoing sense of imperfection mm-hmm. and struggle mm-hmm. and all of the things that we don't put on Instagram mm-hmm. or Facebook. Mm -hmm. Instagram and Facebook are our highlights. But what I love about our listeners and those who support us here are that there are a lot of folks out here who have low lights. And these are the things that never make it to social media, the insecurities, the difficulties, the, the ups and downs. Some people this time of year, more downs than ups, the feelings of inadequacy, the folks who struggle with depression, It is it is such a joy to know that everybody, again, not just on Thanksgiving and not just on Christmas, but during this whole season needs a little bit of extra love, needs a little bit of extra attention because the holidays are hard for some people, Jason. I know they're particularly hard for me. Uh, My mother died on my birthday and my birthday is just 5 days before christmas and christmas was my mother's favorite time of the year and as a as a man who who works hard and puts his nose to the grindstone and then looks up and wants to come out and play and realizes that all of his closest friends are <laughs> thousands of miles away or hundreds mm-hmm. of miles away it can be a difficult season for me too but i'm thankful that i have your friendship and the friendship of so many others who call me talk to me check on me and and i'm grateful for that so it can be a hard time for me so i'm saying all that to say that during this holiday season we want the motown philly family to be a family and and make sure you remind somebody that you know their name because we all need to go to a place where everybody knows our name, or at least somebody knows our name. Somebody knows who we are and somebody knows our struggles. Somebody doesn't know what we believe. Somebody knows who we are. Right. What we we believe is irrelevant. You know, Jason, I had a conversation. Mm -hmm. I had the most refreshing conversation with, a good friend of mine recently, who is a self-proclaimed atheist. Okay. And this person said to me, I got invited to a church event by a neighbor, and I don't even believe in God. When I got the invitation, this person said, I couldn't, Turn it down because I saw how much it meant to her for me to be in attendance at this church event. And so I decided to go, and I went, and not only did I see her, I went to this church event and I had a good time. I enjoyed the singing. I enjoyed the speaking and the preaching, and I don't even believe in God. (laughs) Now, Jason, I walked away from that encounter, and I want our listeners to really hear me well. If we, when we separate God from Humanity and we overemphasize a belief in God to the exclusion of the needs of our fellow human beings. that is a form of idolatry yeah. we are worshiping our beliefs. Would you rather be an idolater or Would you rather see people so clearly, like my friend, so crisply, Mm -hmm. so thoroughly, Mm -hmm. that when you see them, your commitment to them is stronger than what you either believe in or don't believe in? Because this person does not believe in God, but somehow affection for the person standing in front of them wow and wow. what would happen I'm talking to our Christian listeners specifically <laughs> what, what would happen if you decided uh, first of all do you if you're a Christian do you, you have any friends that are atheists mm If all of your friends are church people, as a Christian, problem something is wrong. Problem something is wrong. I'm gonna just leave that there for another episode. I was guilty. I just want to say you were. If you were guilty, you should put me on death row. And, And you, when you see how people who say they don't even believe in God have a stronger moral intuition for the people standing right in front of them than the Christian who claims to believe in God but has no connection to human beings the only connection you have is to a belief system if if that's your connection let me suggest to you, you need to work on your religion. So when you get together with folks this week, next week, anytime in your life from here on out, just remember, make sure that the food you share doesn't just feed you physically, but make sure that it feeds your entire person. Make sure it feeds your soul as well as it feeds your body, be nourished and happy Thanksgiving, folks. Jason, I, I just want to ask you for a few things as we wind up this episode. What are you grateful for this oh, Thanksgiving thanks. season?
1: Thank you for that opportunity. I'm grateful for a lot. We don't have a lot of time. I'm going to try and make it very simplistic. I, I am grateful for my family, my, my two children. And I am grateful for my extended family in which I've gotten to see this weekend who I don't get to see a lot. I am grateful for um, close brotherly uh, friends such as yourself, Tim, um, and I have others just spinning around in my head that I, I deem as brothers and uh, who are priceless to me in every single way. And so I'm grateful for health, because that, that and this is almost in that order. Um, I'm grateful to all the things that God has given me. And, and I'm grateful for friends, I'm just really new, new relationships, uh, ideas and opportunities. I'm grateful that I don't have to focus on what is negative in this moment. Because this can be a very negative moment when, if, if, if you, if we let it be, when we look at the things that we don't have, as opposed to looking at a lot of the things that we do have and should be grateful for. So I'll, I'll stick a pin right there, but I am, my heart is full with uh, the, the relationships I'm establishing, have establishing, am nurturing. The longevity of them—that's one thing that I believe God has has helped me with in trying to nurture relationships, not for a not for just a time, but over over a long period of time, and um, and I and I value those things as more than gold my relationships. And I'm not perfect, as Tim often says, but I do my best to to cherish, uh, relationships when I have them in front of me. And, uh, that's just, that's just a goal of a forever goal in my life. What, what about you, Tim? What are you grateful for?
0: Jason, I'm sitting here in my right mind in my house, a house that is warm when it is cold outside a mind that is focused and sharp in a world that is confusing and frustrating I am healthy. I am healthy physically. I'm healthy emotionally. I, I don't have any friends that live nearby, but the quality of friends I have and the quantity of friends I have is an embarrassment of riches. I have a car that gets me back and forth. It might not be the nicest car. It might not be the best car in the world, but it gets me to and fro. I am grateful that I have financial resources to go out and get food and come home and cook food and show myself love by cooking for myself, by bridging the gap, by me bridging the gap of between my own desire and satisfaction and being able to show love for myself by cooking. So I'm grateful for so many things. I'm grateful for the calling that, that I believe God has on my life to be an academic philosopher, a lawyer and an actor. I'm grateful for all things that I have. I'm grateful for you for your friendship. I'm grateful for the Motown the podcast and our listeners. True. And if I keep talking about what I'm grateful for, this yeah, episode will never end. Yeah, so in the interest of efficiency, you can never cut off infinity, but in the interest of, in, of, of, uh, of moving on, I'll just say my gratitude is as infinite as the God who has blessed me to make me grateful in the first place. So that said, Jason, where can they find you brother?
1: Listen, you guys can find me on Instagram at the speakers mechanic. This is all one word. the speakers mechanic. You can find me on Facebook at Jason Hall, Twitter, Jason Hall speaks Uh, LinkedIn, Jason Hall. You can find me there as communication coach. And if you need any communication skills, coaching, as a professional, especially as a black male in these days and day and ages navigating through spaces such as we do that not that were not necessarily created for us, holler
0: at me. You. you know
1: how to get in touch with me if I just let you know.
0: Tim, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at a good golden man. You can find me on Twitter at D R T J golden ESQ. And you can find me on Facebook at Tim Golden. Three things in life for certain death taxes. And I am the only black man in Walla Walla, Washington named Tim Golden. So you can find me there as well. All of our listeners, again, Jason and I say thank you, thank you, and a thousand times thank you. We want all of you to have a blessed, a safe Thanksgiving season and holiday season. Enjoy the bonds of family that come together around food. Enjoy getting reacquainted with your identity and go somewhere this holiday season where everybody... Knows your name. We will talk with you again next week. See you, folks. See you later, guys. Love you, guys.